0: This is Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. Welcome to episode five of Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. Uh, We are back for week number five. I have Ellie in the house. Hello, Ellie. What's up? How you doing? Um, So today, Ellie walked in, and I did a double take. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong—not wrong, but what was different. <laughs> I see how it is. And then we kept, yes. Yeah, so then we kept sitting there and we were talking about what we wanted to talk about. And I kept looking. And I'm like, "Do you normally wear glasses?" And then, she, and come to find out. Yes. Right.
1: Yes. I had missed a prime opportunity. I'm realizing now to say I've always worn them. How have you not noticed? And I, damn it.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> she's never worn them that I've known and she keeps them super clean. I thought yep. they were fake glasses like that you see people wear for like fashion, yep. but they actually have lenses. Um, they're just very polished and clean. Um, but yeah, that's fun fact of the day that I learned that Ellie wears glasses and yep. I actually picked up on it in probably about 20 minutes. So that's good. <laughs> so my awareness was very good on that. Speedy. Um, so we were also talking about, before we uh, get in, dive deep into uh, some real estate stuff here, um, we tried to figure out what Catch-22 meant, why it's called Catch-22, yep. and why is it called Catch-22. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> well, I, I didn't actually get to bat. I just know that there's a book called Catch-22, and it was banned. And I'm assuming it, the plot of the book has something to do with what we now call Catch-22.
0: So my question, too, is I don't know, do they ban books now still? Is that still a thing? Because that was like a big deal back. I don't know when books were technically banned, but I'm thinking it was probably like a 60s-ish, yeah. 50s, 60s. Yeah. Because I remember in high school, we read Fahrenheit 451, which was another one I believe that was banned. Which was. The whole premise of it was they basically... The government wanted to burn books to ruin ideas. Yeah. And people... You know, spoiler alert! If you haven't read this book yet, it's been out for years. Um, that people would memorize word for word the book. So what would happen is they would basically leave like this kind of apocalyptic apocalyptic kind of of living and go on and basically rewrite from memory the books they they uh, they remembered. So they could preserve the book for future for future generations. Um, and I think at some point, probably because it was a shot at. The government, even yeah. though it was like a fictionalized government, it was probably something the government thought uh, for whatever reason, so it was banned. But I did read it. Um, so shout out to Mrs. Brown for letting us read that.
1: Books are still banned. I just looked it up. Oh, okay.
0: Um, like what book? What's like a recent book that's been banned?
1: List of books banned by governments. In all right. Two, like recently,
0: or these ever?
1: Alphabetical list. Um. Because I'm all curious. Right. It's difficult on my phone here, so I. Think it's going oh, oh two thousand eight. There's one in two thousand eight. One of twenty-three books banned. Um it's banned in North Korea. And we're not gonna count that
0: oh, one. Oh yeah. That's, um, <laughs> that's par for the course. I, don't,
1: I guess I should have specified. Oh, in the US. So there is a website on ALA called Banned and Challenged Books. My phone is downloading very slowly, so we're not gonna not gonna get into that. But apparently books are still quote unquote banned and challenged. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's silly, but... Considering
0: you can probably still order it on Amazon. Yeah, right. So it's, a, it's a banned <laughs> book, but back in the 60s, I, I get it, because you couldn't get it anywhere, but...
1: It probably applies, I guess, more specifically to schooling now, I guess. There's probably some books that they won't allow kids to Which is read. crazy. Yeah.
0: Crazy with, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's for conversation another day. So, um, the topic we wanted to talk about today, um, which I'll let Ellie kind of start off, and I'll add my my spin on it, is... Basically, the building up of a network or a business or putting your name out there, or basically building up your business around you, who just, you know, you're in your, well, just started your second month. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to build up a business around you versus, you know, somebody that's been in the business for 10, 20, 30 years that has a network of, of clients and things like that. So, what's kind of your thoughts on that? What are you. What have you been challenged with in the month that you've been in real estate? What are you foreshadowing? What do you think your biggest struggle is going to be? What do you think something that you are going to excel at? What would that be?
1: Um, Well, I guess I've definitely... I knew starting out that it will probably take you know it'll snowball up um, so the first year is going to be a little slower um each month might pick up a little more um it's because you know people don't know me um and that's why I tried to start my social media off before I had my license just to get get my name out there um and it I guess it has been a little more Difficult than I expected. I had this idea in my head that I would, you know, post on my social media. I got my license, and then have people be like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> not flocking to me, but, you know, like I, I expected that um, it would be more of a turnout, which I, I realized looking back on it, like it makes sense that it, that it hasn't been. And I think the recognition I have gotten, um, is because I'm lucky enough to have a mentor. Like, you know, you give me shout outs all the time and stuff. And almost every bit of recognition um, that I've gotten, if someone mentions it to me is, is because of you or, um, because John's been telling everyone at the gym, but I'd say, I'd say most of it is I've had a lot of people more than I expected say, Oh yeah, I listened to your podcast. And I'm just like, Oh, Oh, like surprised by that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think probably like most uh, sales jobs, it's it's just going to take time, especially because this isn't like, you know, I'm not selling cars, which I think probably, you know, people need cars more frequently than buying walk a house in traffic. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I, it's, I know it's going to build up and take time, but I think like, you know, three years from now when I look back, I'm going to be grateful for you know, I go to a lot of events now. Every time Brittany texts me about an event, I make myself go there. Even if you know, after my other job, I want to go home and take a bath. Um, but I think th- you know, three to five years from now, I'm going to look back on that and be really grateful that I'm doing it because at this point, it's just you know, people don't know me. And you know, they're buying something as big as a home. They want to do it through someone they trust. And at mm-hmm. that point, I'm just building, you know, making sure that people know who I am and knowing that I'm not, you know, going to do something sleazy. Um, yeah, I guess it's my challenge right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think, so when I started, which was funny, was one, I grew up in the area, so I, I had that, I had that advantage over you, meaning, you know, you, you don't have any contacts for yeah. the most part. You, you do yeah, have, have contacts. yeah. Yeah, but it's not, um, you don't have like a childhood location that you can, I mean, you could, you can go back to Blackwater, Rock, wherever <laughs> you, I forgot wherever you, Black something where you grew up. Black in, Lake. Black Lake in yeah. New York. Um, I probably never get that right. I always end up saying something completely wrong. Um, but um, it's just the idea of like when I first got in, I was 20, um, 20, 21, whatever the age was exactly. But I got in, um, nobody at my, as peers of mine were buying homes. Um, actually, the first person ever bought a home was an ex-class, was ex classmate was a, a classmate of mine in high no school. Uh, she bought a piece of land. I think that was my first deal I ever did. Um, it was cool that she was able to buy it at a young age. Um, but I went a lot of times with no clients and it wasn't like I knew a lot of people. Um, back then I didn't do a good job of getting out into meeting people. Yeah. I was very, you know, I just kind of floated and I just, I was part time in college and I, I really understand the idea of, um, building relationships with people. So I didn't do that. Yeah. And most of my business came from me calling people, calling leads that I had no relationship with, with a, at the time a very limited amount of skill set on how to actually like know what I'm talking about. Now I'm very confident. I can be on the phone with pretty much any, anybody. And I have almost a decade of, of trial and error behind that. I don't know, goes through my brain somehow and filters out what to say and do and where to steer the direction or to help out the person as to what their needs are. But when I was starting out, I didn't have any of this at all. Um, I really was just, you know, I'm just going to put some effort into it. Now, granted, back then, I wasn't, you know, even even only being five years younger than you are now, it was a different point in my life. You yeah. know, you're, you're a different point than I was at 20. Um, I would say, well, and, and now I've gotten to the point over nine years of just slowly, and I call it the snowball effect, is that, Me at 21 knew very little amount of people. Well, guess what? By the time I was 22, I knew more people. By the time I was 23, I knew more. And then it started to get to the point where like 24, I started to have some peers or kids that were a couple years older than me start to dabble in getting into um, buying homes. I was meeting some people here and there, and it kind of led. Now I'm getting to the point where I know a lot of people and a lot of people that I don't even know know me, which is cool, which is kind of leveraging my social media channels and things like that. And then I've also obviously through networking, I'm getting more referrals and getting repeat business. I've gotten over that like seven year hump where yeah. I've actually had people that are bought when I first started and now are turning around and selling and moving up or buying and downsizing or whatever the case may be. But it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a slow build. So and I, we talked about this when you got in the business, it's not like kind of what you just said, yeah. like, hey, <laughs> hey guys, I'm name. on social media. I, I I'm Ellie. I'm selling real estate. Um, everybody come list their home with me. Like I still, to this day, I'm always prospecting for people yeah. and I'm, that's something I've never stopped. And I don't think I'll ever stop doing it because you have to, some, some facet I have to do it. And I'm even getting to the point now where I'm prospecting, not for me as an individual agent, I'm not, or relationships, not as an individual agent, but how is it going to benefit the company long term? Yeah. Like how is stuff I'm able to connect with now going to bring in X business or um, extra business that I can't handle that now will can, can get trickled out to the rest of the team to grow their businesses yeah. and that's something I've really over the last year has really have kind of shifted my focus that that's cool like I think I could sell I think I think I, I, I can really expand what I'm doing personally but I've gotten to the point where how can I do expand myself by also trying to build up as many people as possible that are brand new or newer agents that I say newer existing agents that have come to our company. How can we work on building up a company worth versus one person? Meaning, yeah. um, but I think my idea for my recommendations, I kind of jotted down a few of them like, Hey Ellie or someone in Ellie's <laughs> position. <laughs> yeah. Here's some things that I think you could do. Um, or that I would do, again, hindsight, knowing here I am nine, nine years into it, what I would have probably changed the first couple years that I didn't do, that I, I didn't really start doing a lot of these things until probably three or four years ago, which slowed up my process, but also gave me a, a little bit of learning time. Um, the first thing is utilize your friends and family. Yeah. Reach out. Let people know that you're in real estate. Yeah, Let me know. Let Brittany know. Let any other person you know. Let your coworkers know. Let the people you go to the gym know. Um, which I, I would tie into John. Yeah. You know, obviously if you have a spouse or, or a significant other that can be an advocate for you, you're not going to have a bigger advocate than your spouse. So I'm hoping John wants people to, to use you. Yeah, he better. <laughs> um, so, but John obviously is in a position where he can see a lot of people. So yeah. that's a good niche. I actually, my gym has been a good, I would say, I guess niche and since I've met a lot of people through the gym and I've actually done a lot of deals with people in my gym, not yeah. necessarily from a, like trying to get that business. I know it's kind of weird not trying to get that business but by not trying to get that business I got yeah. that business just because it, just through mutual and genuine friendships that I built and then all of a sudden two three years later they're like hey actually I'm in a, I am in. actually want to buy a home now. Oh yeah sure I'll definitely help you out like yeah. while we're sitting there sweating and doing you know working out next to each other they're, they're like oh by the way I want to do this I'm like oh yeah I forgot I actually am in real estate. Yeah, yeah we can do that you know and so that's helped but I think that will be a good niche market for you um, utilizing friends, obviously networking opportunities. I didn't yep. start going to networking until about two years ago, which yeah. is crazy to think about because it's such a big part of my life now that I never did that. Yeah. You're doing it right from the start, which is phenomenal. Mentor, which you talked about. Yep. Um, Basically, watch what I do and learn what I do and, and, and basically mimic and then obviously put your own spin on it, yeah. but just kind of see what I've been able to do or what I do and then kind of pick and choose what you think is fits your style or not and yeah. it's gonna obviously it's gonna be open to the the ellie ism that you want to put on yeah. it to make it your own but um to you know find a mentor and really learn from them uh the next one i have is um leveraging social media leveraging this podcast obviously yeah. this is going out to multiple listeners i think we just hit 400 plus downloads nice like three weeks, which is pretty yeah, cool. That's I, don't, awesome. I don't know where that ranks, but it just sounds like a lot of people downloading it, which is neat. Um, and then, but leveraging, say the podcast, leveraging social media, we've talked about um, leveraging each other's social media. Yeah. Tagging, sharing, commenting, liking, um, tag, I said tagging, but like really, really using other people and other platforms. And we've done this very good. I think through 80 K Y P. Yeah. Is a lot of those people in different businesses are, giving shout outs to other people or making sure they tag them or making sure they put them out. So now their sphere can also see, Oh, Hey, that guy from the mortgage industry, that guy from insurance, that, yeah. that gal from, you know, the recruiting area. Oh, they're all like, Oh, they all know each other. Oh, they're all cool people. Oh, they all seem like they're really genuinely good at their job and somebody I want to do business with. Yeah. Um, what you've done. So you're doing yeah. a lot of these things. <laughs> um, and obviously I think the, over, I mean, obviously leads and what you can generate, but then overflow of business. Like, you know, I've gotten to the point now where I can't do everything. I've business wise, I'm just kind of, I'm limited time wise. But yeah. you're able to pick up. I would say like the overflow of, hey, yeah. I can't get to this. Can you do it? Yeah. And that's how I started my career. It was like, I'll go. Okay, I'll go do the, the not so good listings or not so good showings. But guess what? It snowballs up. And yeah, it's experience. I'm, and exactly. Yeah. I'm like I'm not even close to where. I want to be, but I, when I look back, I'm like, ah, I've accomplished quite a bit over nine Absolutely, years. Absolutely, yeah. um, So what is the next nine going to be? Which is, as we know, a snowball, it exponentially gets bigger, you know, Looking good. <laughs> yeah, it gets bigger on it get every year. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah. it gets bigger quicker. So, um, but the last thing I think out of all those things, if you can accomplish that, and again, this is for newer agents or even agents that are just starting out is you have to be consistent and, yeah. um, the consistency part, whether it's, Prospecting, whether it's going to networking events, whether it's meeting people and introducing yourself to people, and you know, talking, telling people that you're in real estate, not annoyingly, not being like Ellie in real estate, but you know, bring it up in conversations that you do real estate because it will lead to stuff. Um, And posting on social media, it's just be consistent. I see a lot of agents that they'll do a couple good posts here and there. They'll do maybe a video, and all of a sudden it's like crickets for three weeks or a month or four months, and they'll do something else like. That's one thing I really try to pride myself on is that every day I'm, I'm putting content out every yeah. day i'm I'm trying to add value to anybody that's following me whether it's through podcasting whether it's through video whether it's through picture on my Instagram but people are be able to see that and hopefully get some kind of benefit whether it's directly to real estate maybe it's just like a good funny post maybe yeah. it's something that's interesting maybe they hate me and <laughs> somehow follow me because all they want to do is Talk shit, about, talk shit yeah. about me but at the end of the day you're still watching my stuff so yeah. I don't care it's all good um would you agree I mean on those things I think you've done pretty well like yeah. you're on track like you're, yeah. it's not like Ellie's never done this Ellie's doing this but it's it's a slow It's taking time yeah it's a slow build you're one month in so like yeah. I, I usually prepare people you know you may not s- sell a home for six months and that's yeah. actually normal like yeah. that's not like um it's different and and on like a car business where people actually walk into the dealership to go buy a car. Yeah. People that want to see homes are usually reaching out directly to their agent they want to use. Yeah. So, you know, how do we get people to call Ellie? Yeah. If you guys are looking to buy a home, call Ellie. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please. But, uh, but yeah, how, how, how would you do it? You would call that person directly. And I yeah. think, you know, this kind of stuff, I didn't have this seven years ago. I mean, granted, we're not, we're not this huge production. It will be at some point, probably. Yeah, no, It'll grow, it'll, or at least it will grow in audience size. But I think that's something that will help you, will leverage yeah. you. That's why we're doing it. That's why I'm not just doing a weekly real estate show about myself. That's why I brought Ellie on because I, you know, two heads Lucky are better me. than one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's cool. Um, do you have anything to add on that, or do you think it's kind of?
1: No, I think I think that was you nailed it. I think personally, the biggest thing. That is going to lead to my success um, is is having you and and having someone who is going to basically like baby step me through the whole process instead of just kind of blindly going through and hoping for the best, basically. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. think
0: well, I think what the biggest thing is is effort. Um, yeah, you got to put forth the effort. Um, I actually have it up on my board. Effort, if you can see right there, Ellie. Effort is controllable, meaning there's only so many things you can control. You can't. I can't find it because of those glasses. Yeah, <laughs> if you go up. <laughs> Okay, it's right middle crack, just to the left, about four up.
1: Okay, I see it. So, controllable.
0: Controllable. Effort is controllable, meaning that um, there's a lot of things we can't control in life, and I try not to dwell on good or bad, or if, you know, somebody calls me and says, something happened at the home inspection, or something happened right before about the close, or something that's, like, out of my control, it's like, okay, well, what's the problem? How can I fix it now? Yeah, Okay, it's a problem. Okay, shoot, this, you know, here's a a little speed bump and, and some extra time in my day, but how are we just now? I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to wish it didn't happen. It happened. Okay. How are we going to move forward? Just because yeah. that's the quickest way to resolve it. But again, it comes down to effort. What are, yep. What's controllable to me, your effort that you put in your attitude, all that stuff's controllable. I really believe that. I try not to dwell on negative thoughts, negative people, negative situations, try to be positive. Yeah. Try to spread positivity <laughs> to the people that I deal with and try to surround myself with like-minded people and that, that seems to help. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, which I think I think you will. You have you have that uh that drive. Uh, <laughs> you have that eff- that effort quality. Yeah. Um the other thing we wanted to talk about today, which is where we started on Realty talk today was Catch 22. Yep. And why does Catch 22 have anything to do with real estate? And the biggest catch 22 in real estate is how do I, what do I do? It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. I have a home to sell, but I want to buy a home. Yeah. Like, do I find the home first and then sell? Do I sell my house then buy? How does that all work? I actually had a conversation with the client today for that exact scenario, which made me think about, we should probably talk about it today. But the, the whole point is if you have a home to sell in order to buy, which is, I would say a lot of people probably in their late 20s, in their 30s, maybe early 40s that are kind of in the position that they're possibly, you know, upsizing because they have kids it's not their first home. It's not um, or downsizing where they have to sell in order to purchase. They can't purchase the house cash, but they need to sell. Um, How is that done? What's my recommendation? Well, number one, at any point in time in that scenario, you are always going to put down in the contract whether you're selling or buying, you always put contingent on you closing on a new home. Yeah. So if you're selling on a house, you always want to put in contingent on you closing on a new property, which, which will allow you to, to hedge against somebody, quote unquote, kicking you out of the house. So if somebody comes in, makes an offer and you say, great, we accept the offer, but we're still looking to find a home that we want. Then we have in there written in as a contingency contingent on the seller purchasing or closing on a brand new home. Now, what happens if two, three months goes by and you do not find a home? Well, guess what? You can break the contract because you did not find a home. Yeah. You did not close on that property. Um, now, on the same side, if somebody's looking to purchase a property, that would have to be built in. So you just, but they know up front, if you're selling, the buyer knows up front that you need to find a home that they may not close in, you know, 40, 60, 90 days. It could be 120. It could yeah. be five, 150 days, depending on how, how hard it is for you to find a home. Now the market we're currently in which is the seller's market um meaning that the inventory is extremely low meaning there's not a lot of homes for sale and there's a lot of buyers that are looking for homes what i usually tell people that have a home to sell is hey listen put your home on the market allow you know the market to you know in whether or not you get an offer day one or four months you have to put it on the market to get an offer on the property otherwise when you go to make an offer the bu- the seller of that house is not going to take you serious because it's like hey they're always going to ask where are you okay that's cool where are you with your house is it under contract yet it's very tough to make an offer and say oh well we have actually haven't even listed the home but we want to make an offer and just wait for us to list our home get it under contract and then you know yeah. and you're asking a lot of the seller to pull the house off the market now yes there's a thing called a 72-hour contingency which means if an offer comes in you have up to 72 hours to come up with financing so the, the seller can go with the second offer after 72 hours because they lifted that contingency but i always tell people list your property get a buyer for it because the buyer on making the offer knows that you're trying to find a home so it's not like you're you're surprising them all of a sudden they're like hey how come we haven't closed they're like well we need to find a home that's known up front and you're not never going to be kicked out because the contingency in the in the contract is a clause that will get you out of it um but that will give you time to buy a home and now it gives you a time to go in make an offer on house and be able to provide both. Hey, here's a contract in a, in a pre-approval letter. Plus here's our purchase contract from the buyer on our house. We have both of those. We can show that we actually are under contract at the price. We're qualified. We can purchase your property. Now, obviously there's a domino effect and and it's more risk on the seller because it's the worst contingency you can have as a buyer, but it's a common one. So we have to work around it. I mean, like I use the idea of a home inspection, a home inspection is a contingency but that's if you really love the home then you're not gonna let the con- the contingency of the home inspection stop you from getting it on a 72-hour contingency meaning you have to have the home close, you're relying on a third party a, a you know also known as the the buyer of your property to close on the property so now there's some stuff out of your control yeah so you're really it, there's it's it's a, it's a slippery slope but The best way to make that the most manageable, if you have a house, is to list your house, get it under contract, and then go put an offer in on a new home. Um, That's the best way to do it. It's the way that you can basically get all your ducks in a row to make a really good offer that the seller can accept. Um, Any other way, the odds that you get the offer accepted are very low, especially now with the limited amount of homes that you're purchasing, or that are out on the market to purchase. If a home comes on, it's a really good home, and now all of a sudden you really love it. And you're like, Hey, I'll make an offer. We'll get our house on the market. Well, guess what? If there's two other offers on the property, they're not going to go with your house. They're going to yeah. go with somebody that doesn't have that clause. So always list your property first, at least in today's market, list your property first, get, you know, get on the market, let us market it, get a buyer hopefully soon. And then we can go and pursue that new home. So that is real estate's catch 22 because that can be a very stressful time. There's a lot of moving parts. I know, um, i've dealt with it both good and bad and you know there's a lot a lot of stuff going on because you're dealing with people's lives and um really big moves and situations so that's kind of my little rant um for today but i really think if you are a seller looking to purchase a home get your house on the market um you know and that's just something like have us come down to the house you know call us up have us come out get a game plan for the whole situation and then, you know, make sure you're working in the proper order to make sure that you can get into the home you want and also yeah. sell, sell and buy. So, um, anything to add on that? Just no, this just thumbs up. It. Sounded yep. good. Sounded <laughs> like good. I knew what I was talking about. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I th- anything else you want to add, uh, today? No. Pretty good. Gucci. Gucci. You yep. mean, good.
1: I think so. I don't know how I say it. So these kids, it these, does days. these kids. Yep. All right.
0: <laughs> uh, that is episode five of Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. We will see you next week for episode six.